Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of May 24th, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So this week, uh, we have assorted big, expensive news items. Uh, we have a new episode of Robots in Disguise, and we have Optimus Prime number 7. Uh, so we'll start in with the less expensive... You know what? I'm going to do this by price. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break down the news by price. First, we now have pictures that Takara is doing a masterpiece Sunstreaker. No, if we're doing it by price, we need to do the other one first. <laughs> the the uh, the box set? Because that's 95... Well, that's 95 Australian, so that's like... Oh. Plus shipping, but even without shipping and without Australia dollar difference, that's still less. I suppose. Uh, I suppose. I I haven't. Or I can't with Australia dollar difference. Hold on. Look, I bought. Sorry, I blew up the episode. <laughs> no, this is this is fun. I like this. This is actually the uh, the only masterpiece that I've bought uh, was G two Sideswipe. So <laughs> I I don't have a a. From what I've gathered, they tend to end up in the fifty to seventy-five dollar range, um, depending on no resellers. Seventy-five dollar and up. I, jeez, were they ever fifty dollars? Uh, Big Bad Toy Store has this one at a hundred and twenty. Damn. Well, they keep creeping up, and more accessories they just keep yeah. going up. Like, um, I think I got Cheetor for about fifty. But... Oh yeah, Cheetor may not have had accessories in store. I forget, what the hell did I pay for? I think I got, oh, maybe I got Acid Storm for 50? I think that was on sale. I got, uh, I got G2 Sideswipe for a complete G1 Computron in okay enough shape. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a trade at a toy show, because someone there who is a, uh, much bigger G1 dealer than I will ever be, and, uh, I figured that he would have an easier time offloading that than I would. Also, I really wanted that G2 sideswipe. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. Oh my god. If I could go back in time and give that toy to my 15-year-old self, I I would then die of excitement and it would create a paradox. Uh, also, uh, Sunstreaker comes with Chip Chase. Yay. Everybody's favorite questionably handicapped <laughs> token character. He's got really strong hands. There's an episode where he, there's an episode where he stands up to catch a football. Wait, not a I football, mean, a um, uh, a MacGuffin. That's that's not too unrealistic. There are a lot of people who are wheelchair bound who can still stand for short periods of time. I guess that's fair. Although I don't think in the '80s they were thinking that. Yeah, I think they were just not thinking that. <laughs> I I admit the the outrage of. Uh, Co-watching G1 with people seeing that is nothing near the outrage of seeing Perceptor just transform and drive off in microscope mode. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) never going to get tired of people being just really upset. Like the last person I was watching it with, like specifically Optimus is like, transform and roll out and Perceptor's the last to go. And, and my friend actually was like, but how is Perceptor going to... No! <laughs> no! <laughs> like, it took long enough for it to sink in, and then he did it. So, uh, so yes. Uh, the the moral of the story is Chip Chase. He can sit on Sunstreaker. You know how he and Sunstreaker were, were best friends. Yep. They, they, they didn't really come hang with out. Somebody, I guess... He, he per- can perch on his shoulder. It's fine. But he comes with the mask! The alien mask. Yes, it comes with the mask from uh, Hoist Goes Hollywood. <gasps> what? I did not see that. <laughs> and the mask Suddenly. is also compatible with tracks. So if you want to recreate that scene, just buy a Masterpiece tracks and two Masterpiece Sunstreakers. <laughs> Suddenly my, enter- my interest has just, like, multiplied exponentially. <laughs> Yeah, but the fact that it comes with Sunstreaker kind of me, it, it makes me less convinced that eventually they'll get to a hoist masterpiece. Uh, 
Hoist needs to just come with a director's chair that says moist on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty great. That was a great episode. That was a a Donald Glut episode. Uh, But, uh, wow, that's, that, I would say that is the second best accessory, uh, not counting anything to do with G2 Sideswipe because he stands off by himself. Uh, the, I would say that is the second best cartoon inspired accessory. The first best being the bit that you can add to Inferno so that he can carry Red Alert. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is That's the kind best. of great. That is the best accessory. For, for unusual accessories, yes. I, I think the very best might be Megatron's smile. <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm a sucker for Crimzeeks. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, that's not that gay, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yes, the the other, I suppose, less well, expensive... I have another two things to say about Paulson yes. Streaker. Say the things. One, he also comes with generic guns. Because G1 Sunstreaker never really had a gun that was specifically his. That's a good point. <laughs> I think at some point he might have shot out of his hands. I don't know. He has used weapons in other episodes, but they're never the same one or anything iconic or anything like that. So, yep. Generic guns. Season and 1 also, was kind of inconsistent like that. Yeah. And then just, in general, this trend of masterpiece toys that look like they're amazingly engineered, just ridiculously over-engineered even, considering the price point, to recreate a kind of half-rate cartoon model from 1984 that turns into a realistic vehicle from 1984. (laughs) They are really, really impressive. I mean, the Masterpiece toys are great. It's a bizarre monument to nostalgia. Yes. Hmm. Good. It's good. Uh, But yes, also things that Things that no one is actually that nostalgic for is the Unicron Trilogy DVD set. I'm sure Cybertron was pretty good. I mean, I've been packing stuff up because I'm about to be moving and I've been picking out like what toys I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at a point with my collection where I really only keep, want to keep stuff that I could actually see myself putting on display and not just keeping stuff for the sake of keeping stuff, but I am definitely keeping uh the the bigger scatter shot uh and and vector prime because vector prime is an amazing toy and scatter shot's just a nerd. So, <laughs> I like it. He is good. But uh no one is nostalgic for Energon. <laughs> uh but yes, that is going to be 95 strange Australian wallaby dollars. Uh, and it dollar is going redos. to be <laughs> dollar redos, <laughs> and it is going to be region four, uh, PAL. So that's great if you have a region free DVD player. Apparently, it is actually DVD, which I guess it's not surprising that they wouldn't bother with a Blu-ray for that because come on. Thank uh, you. If it's an SD anyway, why bother putting it on Blu-ray? Yeah. So it comes. 24 DVDs. Well, you could crunch it all. You could crunch an entire season onto one Blu-ray. It'd work. You could, but that would take work. Yeah. And <laughs> across the entire production run, it would probably take more work for one person to mess around with encoding than it would to make up the difference between pressing one Blu-ray and pressing 24 DVDs. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, that's DVD. Actually, I, I do have a, uh, I, I will say as a little, uh, I don't know, life hack. <laughs> uh, sometimes just like really super bargain DVD players will just magically also happen to be region free. Uh, so it wouldn't hurt to look that up. Uh, I know I got one at Big Lots a while back that was just like a $20 DVD player that I got home. And hey, it'll play my Headmaster's dub DVDs from England. Hey, they were too cheap to implement copy protection. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess part of that is probably just because it's 
you know, they make this DVD player and they don't bother. Yeah, it, they're too cheap to bother implementing copy protection. Uh, so, yeah, if if that is a thing that you want to get and you don't have the... Because didn't that all come out from Shout Factory already? I think so. I guess Maybe. this is really only exciting news if you're Australian. Or... Yeah or British, or some other Region 4, and you do not have a Region-free DVD player? No. Uh, I think this is cheaper than the uh, Shout Factory sets. That's fair. There you go. You can get it. It's cheaper than the Shout Factory sets. Uh, it's Region 4, so you'll just have to deal with it. And it does come with some special features. Ooh, what are these? Tell us about these special features. Character profiles and toy gallery. Comic book cover galleries. I'm assuming that's only for Armada and Energon. Yeah. Video game promos, which is interesting because that Armada game is poorly remembered, but surprisingly <laughs> decent. Yeah. A Gary Chalk interview. <gasps> oh. And unique cover art. Specially created by Transformers comic artist and toy illustrator Marcello Materi. Yay! Okay, he's pretty cool. And I believe he was actually doing box art back then, too. He's by Cybertron, I, I think. Yeah. So, so that's cool. Uh, yes, that is a thing. It is going to exist uh, June 7th. Exciting. Go out there, do a thing. Be excited. I'm, I'm not that excited. But, you know. So. Yeah, the, the, the second illustration photo on the website offering the pre-order, jbhifi.com.au, is just doing something that is a pet peeve of mine. Oh, no. What is it? It is showing a 3D box that was that. clearly composited by somebody who does not understand how perspective works. I see that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. It's not great. It's PG for mild animated violence. I just, I, I want to take a moment because that reminds me of something great that, that I want to, uh, remind people of if they have, or inform people of if they haven't seen it. But one of my, one of my favorite things like that is the, uh, the UK Transformers collections released by IDW have like a mature 14 and up tag on them. <laughs> it was written for children. It was originally intended for kids, and man, that's, they're hardcore over there. So Maybe there's somebody smoking at some point. I, I think it's just that, I mean, the, the UK G1 stuff was always kind of notorious for being, like... Intense? Intense and violent and horrible. <laughs> I mean, horrible and I guess horrifying, and and yes. So I mean, I I don't argue with it. I don't think it even needed to be some niggling little thing. But I think that really sort of drives it home <laughs> that to release it in the U.S. It's got a mature rating. So shall we now get to the overpriced elephant in the room? Yes, let's. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, we have, uh, we have Hascon pricing. Oh boy. Yeah, uh, I hope you have a spleen to sell. Because <laughs> it is expensive. I mean, I... Yeah, well, even the regular is expensive. It's, it's weird. I mean, I think basically, I don't think that they're modeling this off BotCon. I think they're modeling it more off Blizzard's BlizzCon convention. It's something that's a huge event that they don't expect most people to make it to. That's like... like how much is a single-day ticket to BlizzCon, then? Uh, they run pretty high, and honestly, it doesn't matter because they sell out pretty much immediately. Let me see. BlizzCon tickets. $60 for a single-day ticket just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, Wizard World is like that, but that's Wizard World. Oh, wait, wait, I'm looking. Uh, okay, those are $200. 
What? Okay, I don't understand BlizzCon at all, then. So. <laughs> I mean, that's, like I said, part of the thing is that you kind of understand that... They, they... at that $200 tick price, BlizzCon gives you the goodie bag that Hasbro is charging... Sorry to skip ahead here and spoil it. Go for $600 it. $600 for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's for a whole weekend, but no, like... What? Six, wait, 642 according to oh, their right. ticket options page. Oh, right. That's because of Rhode Island sales tax. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought geez. maybe it was a Douglas Adams homage. I don't know. Uh, yes. Youth tickets are 214. Uh, children, I guess, get in free with an adult. Uh, I don't know the difference between a child and a youth here, but I'm sure it's outlined a youth there is under- somewhere. It says under two is a youth. So an infant gets in free. Great. If they're old enough to stand, we're going to make them pay 30 bucks for a single day or 75 bucks for the three day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this pricing, the non-VIP pricing is not too far off from what Wizard World does, but I hate Wizard World, and in fact, I've... I have written professionally about how awful they are, the one that they run here in Ohio. <laughs> it's, so yeah, it's, but this is, I mean, the thing is, there, there's gonna be a lot of stuff. Their events are like. Yeah, I guess. Seems like there, there's a long list of things. They're just of so many different brands and transformers and like YouTube personalities that none of us have ever heard of. <laughs> That's because we're over 12. Yeah. You mean you've never heard of Chewbacca Mom or Dude Perfect? What? Oh, Chewbacca Mom Chewbacca is going Mom. to be there? She's not a YouTube personality. She's no. a meme. <laughs> yeah, no, but... Uh, I mean... Yeah, dude Perfect, like, so many people I know are like, what the fuck is a Dude Perfect? That's such a stupid dude bro name. <laughs> Apparently, a recurring feature on his YouTube channel is him making Nerf trick shots. Ah, uh, well, there okay, you go. So Synergy. Synergy. Yeah, that picking him, but like, dude, perfect is, is bad name thing. Well, most YouTube personalities <laughs> have kind of shitty names anyway. You're That's old, David. You're mm-hmm. old. <laughs> We're all old. But yes, their their guests. Oh my God, that's uh. Have you looked at their guests page? I just pulled that up. Yes, I have. I was thinking we might want to go through it in reverse order from lowest billing to top billing. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that. Uh, actually, it it makes me kind of sad. Uh, brief spoiler here that Chewbacca mom uh gets slightly higher billing than Daryl the priest. <laughs> I was sad for John Warden too. Yes, him too. Wait, what? Although, I just looked what? at the page myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's start at the bottom. I, I don't know, I kind of, I'll, I'll get there. Though I, I, I kind of feel like any convention schedule with that is kind of, uh, hopeful, is, is optimistic. Yeah. People are old, are old. Uh, anyway, so yes, Daryl DePriest. Who is credited as G.I. Joe Stretch Armstrong Micronauts VP of Global Brand Strategy Hasbro. Yes. My brain is meeting, is meeting. My brain is reading that as Vice President of Dead Brands and How to Undeadify Them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not working. Good luck with that. Godspeed. Uh, yes. John Warden, uh, who is apparently the Transformers Project Design Manager now. Uh, he is a very young and hip-looking person. Uh, Candace Payne, Chewbacca mom. She has a name. Kathy, Kathy Westlake, uh, who is uh, Spike's voice actress, apparently. Uh, I did not realize that he was played by a lady, but, you know, he's a boy. A little boy. Uh, That's traditional. Yeah. yeah. Mark Bordreau, uh, Hasbro Senior Principal Designer for Star Wars. Now, my my brain, being what it is, has now gone off on this tangent of trying to remember if Saffron Henderson did any Transformers characters. Because for some reason, I immediately went to her being uh, Gohan. Anyway. 
Uh, Megan McCarthy, who is the Hasbro Studios VP Head of Storytelling. Uh, Mark Rosewater, the Magic the Gathering lead designer. I know people who will would want to attend this convention just to talk to him. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, perfect! Nerf YouTube trick shot sensations. Oh, they're a team! Oh, it's more than one. They're a team of boring-looking, well, looks-like-white guys. White yeah, women. average dudes. We have Andrea Libman, uh, the voice of Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy, who I did not realize were both done by the same person, but there you are. Oh. Uh, we have Frank Wilker. Yay! Uh, yeah. Yay! Ever I'm glad that he gets to come out to things now. Yes. Okay, I just... We'll get to it. <laughs> yes, I'm glad Frank Walker gets to go to things. Although, yes. I think at one point he was too busy to go to things. Yeah, that's the thing, is for a while he was like, you could not schedule him for anything that would take longer than, like, making monkey noises. <laughs> well, I I think at this point he'd have so many animal noises... On record that, like, he could just shop them out and sell off his lion roars as he screams into a bucket, which somehow sounds like a perfect lion roar. I think it might even be more that just home studio technology has advanced to a point where he can entirely cut out travel time in Southern California and just do everything in his pajamas. (laughs) Oh, that sounds great. Roll out of bed, cup of hot tea with lemon, record monkey noises. <laughs> Don't even have to put on pants. Nope. And of course, with yeah, Frank Welker, we of course have Peter Cullen. Oh, yes. yes. Yay! Peter Cullen. Optimus Prime, we all know that. And then we get to the one where we're like, oh my god, Stan Lee. <laughs> you know, that Stan Lee. Yes, the that Stan-, Stan Lee. I- uh, because assuming, hmm? assuming yes. he is still whole by then. Yes, assuming yeah, that, he is that's... well enough to attend. Uh, I believe he was supposed to come to the Wizard World, the last one I actually bothered to go to a year or two ago, and he ended up having to cancel for health problems or something. Yeah, I think but... he had to cancel quite a few things last year. But like, so like he's what ninety seven. It, it feels like any convention with Stan Lee now. Could be the last convention with Stanley, but he still keeps going. Yes. That is a worrying thought, yes. He's 94. Yeah, oh. it, it does sort of feel like, you know, you're you're hoping he's going to make it there. Which, I mean, seems kind of mean, but it does, you know, he does have some some health issues. That, you know what this means? What? Hascon is technically... <laughs> In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Advertising. <laughs> no, Hascon is technically advertising not just the highest grossing movie actor of all time, but the two <laughs> highest grossing movie actors of all time. Oh, that's, shit, uh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Man, no wonder tickets are wow. $642. <laughs> yeah, you're paying for Stan and Frank. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Oh. Uh, but yes, because that, uh, actually one of our questions that we've mused before has been answered and that they do have a significant Walt Disney presence. Uh, they have little logos for everything from Star Wars to Avengers to princesses and all oh, that Descendants thing. I saw that movie, the first movie. It was terrible. I didn't actually see all of it. I I saw, like, it was on in the background, and I was like, they are lip-syncing so poorly. (laughs) There were musical numbers. It was not good. But I'm sure if you're eight years old, it's the best thing ever. Uh, So, yeah, they are going to have cooperation with Disney for this, and that is apparently going to include having Stan Lee which is pretty exciting. Uh, so, yeah, they... I There's nothing that really indicates whether any of the uh, Magic the Gathering play events or anything are going to have anything to do with the, like, ongoing league play stuff or anything, but uh, 
I don't know. I'm sure people who are more into that are listening to Magic the Gathering podcasts. You know. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure they're there. We're a Transformers podcast. There are Magic the Gathering podcasts. Yeah, it, 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 it does seem weird that like, first convention, it's Transformers, other stuff, Magic, Dungeons and Dragons, and $600 tickets for super fans, and we really still don't know what's going on there. Well, there's going to be costume stuff. And now one thing that BlizzCon does is they offer a virtual ticket uh, where basically you can just, it's like a pay-per-view thing. You can just Ooh. stream, they just broadcast the convention and you can stream it online. Uh, and which, anything that was double booked, you can actually go back and restream. Yes. So there were two panels you wanted to see, you can watch them both. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know that, though, I mean, that's kind of a thing where news is kind of a huge deal, and they're covering a lot fewer brands. Uh, you know, they're just covering, like, when they have, like, four <laughs> things now, now that they have Overwatch. Uh, so, yeah. The, the news that's there is more significant. Uh, fun fact, Chris Metzen came to BotCon. I'm sure it was very exciting being at a convention and not being, like, the person everyone there was trying to dogpile on. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big, expensive thing that's going to happen. I mean, like I said, the, the one-day stuff is comparable to Wizard World, uh, I, of course, as I've said, I do not think Wizard World is necessarily the, uh, you know, a model to emulate. I think it's kind of horrible, but that's also because you pay $50 to get into the convention so you can pay 55 to have your picture taken with Amy Jo Johnson. Uh, or if you only have 45 you can have it taken with uh, What's-His-Face, the Green Ranger. <laughs> Jason David Frank? Yes, because Jason David Frank, this is like his career now, is going to, to conventions and paying people. I think he's done like martial arts presentations at some of them too. Oh, I'm sure he has because his uh, non-convention going job is actually teaching martial arts. Oh, man. He has like two gyms. That would be so amazing to learn martial arts from the Green Ranger. I imagine that is the selling point. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Uh, he he was the best. I mean, besides Trini. Trini was the best. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I am curious to see add-on stuff like that. I mean, there's certainly a thing for ticket add-ons here. Yes, they have some fairly conventional looking from Gen Con pricing for these kind of things. Do the uh, brand new Magic the Gathering set for $60 and get to keep, like, play three games, get six booster packs from the new thing and the new base deck, and then okay. do a draft for 15 bucks. That seems reasonable. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not too surprising that they would, I mean, presumably it's the same group of people running the Magic yeah. the Gathering event here that runs it at other conventions. And then uh, $5 to do a one-to-two-hour walk-up D&D adventure, which I've, I've done those before at conventions like Origins and Gen Con. They're fun. Nice. And they're also doing like a $100 and $200 one-day and two-day five-hour game. Hmm. That seems ridiculously expensive, but it does mention you get rewards, so maybe there's some kind of D&D goodies, but... $100 for one game sounds ridiculous. D&D books are hella expensive, man. Uh, yeah, I guess they probably are giving you D&D yeah, books you and maybe some miniatures or something. Well, actually, look at it this way. They're paying the DM 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like, what does it say, like six players? Up to six players. Uh, yeah, I, Up to I, six players. And I assume it's their formal league play. That's... Yeah. The kind of language they use with unique rewards for your character. 
But then what I'm really confused your by character, are the... <laughs> but like it's a pen and paper. You can just make shit up. It's not like in World of Warcraft where like if you have a unique reward, it's actually a thing that exists somewhere other than on a slip of paper they give you. And then I'm really <laughs> confused by the VIP ticket stuff that you get. Yeah. Because some of it is vague, like it you may not even definitely get it. What was it, like the goodie bag thing or something? I mean, Some I'm, yeah, the the basic one is weird enough with the uh, super fan plan that offers, in addition to normal convention stuff, like the commemorative program. The <laughs> oh super boy. fan bonus gets panel VIP, like, skip the line, mm-hmm. except you have to show up 40 minutes ahead and be one of the first 50 in order to be allowed to skip the line, and apparently it's just like, oh, we'll give you nice seats to wait. Ah, well, you know, nice seats are nice. Evening activity, with I guess, like a post-closing panels, which will be smaller. Reserved theater seating once a day, and then goodie bag and greens. All those are so weird. And then, if you look at the Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons ones, the included stuff is way more concrete. Mm-hmm. Well, and slightly I mean, weirder, access to VIP Dunkin' Donuts Center with comfy chairs. Yes, <laughs> they're not giving that to the other... They're not giving that to the super fans, just I, to the D&D and Magic fans. I assume that that's probably because the people running these D&D and Magic events have their shit together. I mean, I imagine it's because they run these things all the time for other conventions, whereas, yeah, whereas, you know, they, in this case, they probably just, like I said, it's probably the exact same people who go to Gen Con and do this, run this stuff. So they have all that stuff set up. You know, they've been planning for this. They know how to do these events, whereas maybe the people doing Transformers have kind of been you know, licensing it out to other people for a long time. They don't know necessarily. And and the My Little Pony stuff, too. Now, there are My Little Pony conventions all over the place, uh, even still. Uh, you know, because back in the old... Sorry, I made a sound. Uh, back in the old days, before Friendship is Magic, there were women collecting My Little Ponies. <laughs> And they had conventions too. So, uh, but yes, those, those communities have continued. Uh, so, but those aren't Hasbro run. Those are all unofficial. Uh, so yeah, it may just be that they are not as certain what to do with those brands in a convention setting, whereas the, the wizards of the coast people know exactly what to do. So, so yeah, that may be, that may account for it. it. Does seem like all this stuff is coming in a bit hot. Yeah. Yeah. Hot takes. Takes are nice and toasty. Now, it, looking at the FAQ, I, I'm trying to figure out if something I heard was accurate. It does look like they have a decent, uh, anti-harassment policy. Oh, yeah. Good. Which is a good sign. Yeah. And they've got a decent uh, costume and prop policy. I mean, for one thing, I also imagine that a uh, convention run by a company like Hasbro, they have access to uh, legal resources that, that maybe your your Dragon Con doesn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm sure they can go to their lawyers and say, hey, what's best practice here to not get sued? And the lawyers are like, here's the, do this. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's also well-meaning or else no one would have been asking their lawyers if they should have a harassment policy. Uh, but also, you know, I'm I'm sure they have very good resources to make sure all of that stuff stays on the up and up and you don't deal with the sort of ugly stuff that can sometimes happen at these, you know, smaller conventions. And I love smaller conventions, but sometimes things get weird. They can be, it, they can be a bit wild west. Sometimes 
everyone's just having a good time. Sometimes shit goes bad. Yes. Uh, sometimes they turn out to be run by a pedophile. Wasn't that what happened with Dragon Con? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Someone involved with Dragon Con was a pedophile. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, I found the thing that I was looking for confirmation on that worried me. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the autograph signing policy? We ask uh-huh. that you not bring personal items to be signed. Artists and talent will only sign event merchandise purchased on the day of the event. Proof of purchase, such as a valid Hascon receipt, may be required. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a little weird. Oh. I mean, I can see that being... I can see the benefits of that, uh, that you don't end up with somebody trucking in their entire collection of every Optimus Prime toy ever made. <laughs> yeah, I, or like old issues of 60s Spider-Man to try to get Stan Lee to sign them. Yeah, oh, but, well, that, that kind of oh, begs man. the question. What are you going to have there for Stan to sign other than picture of his face in Spider-Man? <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll be able to find uh, Spider-Man merch on the show floor. Yeah. I don't, even more curiously... There is an exception mm-hmm. to this policy. What is that? Oh. You may bring up to ten of your own Magic the Gathering cards to be signed. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're small, so I guess That's that nice. works. That's nice. And there are Magic cards that people might want signed that they wouldn't be able to buy at the event. Ooh. Uh, also, yeah. oh, go ahead. One other thing, it does look like they're doing like a traditional vendor space that a big bed toy store or someone like that might attend. And also, they're going to do an artist's alley. Oh, nice. The artist's alley table is less expensive than the VIP package. (laughs) Well, maybe you don't get a goodie bag. (laughs) Probably not, just two exhibitor badges. Yeah, Yeah. I I will say that does probably make it that does make it less than a vendor table at a uh, at Wizard World, because uh, I've spoken to the owner of a uh, vintage toy shop here in Columbus who has lamented the the ridiculous overpriced tables at Wizard World. I think there's something like a grand a piece. Uh, so so yeah, that's that's something that's <laughs> better than that model at least. Oh god, I noticed something, and it might be something they've thought of. It might not. Oh no, what? But it is suddenly extremely worrying to me. Hmm. Uh, unless the exhibitor badge doesn't get you access to the show floor and events and stuff when you're not at your table. But one artist's alley table is only ten dollars per person more than two three-day tickets. Oh. Hmm. I mean, that that could just be because they really want to encourage artists to show up. I mean, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, you don't want to encourage people to buy an artist's alley table to use as, like, your reserved ground zero space during the convention day. Yeah, I mean, presumably, I I wouldn't be surprised with this... If they vet the artist alley stuff to a certain extent, like you know, I don't Can know. We see your portfolio. Yeah, yes. Are you are you like Priscilla Tremontano or Alex Milne or someone who you know we've heard of? Then you may come get a table here, uh, because I mean you have a lot of people who do like sort of knockoffy art. You get a lot of dubious stuff going on at artists' alleys these days. Mm. Uh, so I would think that they would vet it to some degree. They would want your some kind of credentials. You know, Hopefully. well, yeah, a portfolio, for instance. And their policy also does ban third-party merch. Ooh, that's... That Hooray. is wise of them. <laughs> that is wise. Uh, I don't know that that's a big problem with many fandoms other than... Transformers. I guess there's no, you can't sell the core. Those like little non GI Joe. <laughs> I mean, that's not infringing on the GI Joe stuff, but I, I think Transformers is unique in having the problem of 
really infringy stuff that is willing to brand itself as we're not Hasbro and we're infringing on their trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, you know there's My Little Pony merch out there that's like a stuffed animal that is not being made by Hasbro yeah, and I may, making it are not paying Hasbro. <laughs> I may own something like that. Look, I, I have a friend who does pony stuff and I think you were there, Alex, when I got the uh the Nightmare Moon. I think I was, yeah. From from uh my friends I because that. I felt really bad for them because apparently the toy show was just going really poorly and I was like, uh here. Oh. So yeah, you've seen my little pony has uh very nicely made plush toys of of stuff that, you know, is is third party in the same way that cuz I had to explain to her that I knew exactly what she was talking about uh, because we have that in Transformers too. Uh, but yeah, so that's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I can say I'm probably not going because money. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much I'm even like, because some of the brands listed, it really sounds like they're trying to gear it more for kids. Uh, you know, they they want this. It's expensive for being for kids, though. Yeah, but so was Botcon. <laughs> they kept trying to plug that being for kids. Uh, but it's it's okay. It's for rich kids. How's that? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> walk-in prices at Botcon were never exorbitant. Like you, you have a badge. Prices always were, but the just here, kid. We're gonna stamp your hand. Prices were always relatively reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, well, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to just see how it goes. Uh, I am too. I'm worried that they're either aiming way too low or way too high. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're aiming pretty high. Uh, we can we can at least rest assured that it won't be dash con. Yeah, it will not be a, <laughs> not be a, a ball pit. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that all plays out. Uh, so shall we move on to some TV shows? Sure. Okay. A TV show at least. Uh, a new episode of Robots in Disguise. Uh, now, as I mentioned before, uh, these. This was up for streaming uh, as of a couple, a few weeks ago. I guess the beginning of the month, really. Uh, I watched them then, so I am now about three weeks out from having seen this. Uh, but today's, uh, this week's episode was called Sphere of Influence. Uh, now we spent so much time talking about Hascon that we're going to sort of blow through this. Uh, yeah, it was an episode. Uh, there's a skunk to con. And yeah, the like, there's damn robot we're never gonna get a toy of. <laughs> yes. We can army build them easily too. <laughs> there's Springload, he's that frog guy. Fan favorite Springload. <laughs> yes. Is he is he a fan favorite to people well, he's, he's my favorite of the non important cast, I guess. Because he's just obsessed with finding El Dorado or Dorado and he's just Insane. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely uh, when when they rolled the old uh, personality trait wheel, he he did pretty well. Uh, Blur is still with the team, uh, so that's fun. I'm sure that would be a lot more fun if I had been keeping up with Rescue Bots. I know Rescue Bots is good, but yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. I watch it. Blur just showed up last week in a mm-hmm. kind of boringish episode. Yes. I thought that was the one we were watching. <laughs> I watched both of them. But, oh. That's fine. That's fine. I guess we didn't, yeah, we didn't talk about it last week. Last week, Blur showed up from Rescue Bots. That's basically all that happened. Yeah, and he fights with Sideswipe. Not a lot really happens in either of these episodes, really. I mean. I do really conceptually. I mean, not to say that it's bad in practice, but I really love the the whole crossover idea. Uh, having 
you know, having him show up and they make reference to Griffin Rock and him. He's graduated from the Rescue Bots team to the B team. Yeah. So it's uh it's pretty cute. Uh he's their yep. intern. So <laughs> But but yeah. So yeah, Springload is there there's oh this is the one with the ball that makes everybody really want it. So it's uh Yeah. As, <laughs> as the uh captions on TF Wiki imply it's, you know, Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> the ring everybody wants. Yes, all of the uh all of the picture captions are Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, it's definitely an episode. It's, wasn't super memorable, by which I mean I had to go back to the TF wiki and be like, oh hey, it's that, it was that episode. Yeah, I like seeing Springload again, but other than that, eh, it's an episode. Oh. So, so yeah, it's not bad. Uh, and then we have Optimus Prime number seven. Speaking of things that are not memorable, it seems like a major thrust of this issue is, oh, hey, remember that Jazz killed a guy? <laughs> yes. Because oh. that's going to be important next issue. <laughs> they want to make sure you remember that because it's entirely reasonable that you, you might have forgotten. And, yeah, I don't... Or you didn't read it like me. Yeah, I wasn't actually... I think that was the period when I just kind of wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, next issue, hopefully it'll explain what the hell happened, cause I, why would Jazz shoot a person that, like, of any Autobot, why Jazz? What? Maybe I did read that one, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he apparently killed the police officer, so good job Jazz, good job. Uh, also, there's backstory stuff continuing, I will say, man, I normally I really like Priscilla Tremontano's art, but following Kazama is not an easy job. Yeah, so well, this, this issue, like the, the art's still good, but it feels rushed a bit mm-hmm. in some panels, some pages. I mean, there there may have been some deadline stuff going on. Maybe, uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's... after Kazama, it, it's oh, it's. <laughs> Sorry, Priscilla. We we like your artwork. But, oh man, Kazama was just so gloriously G two. Part of it is also that uh, Trey Montano is also doing the colors, so we're not getting yeah the the old Josh job. Bertram's lovely, lovely coloring on this. Yeah, like we have been for the past six issues. I mean, it is it's nice. Got it's got some texturing to to make the the characters pop from the backgrounds, which is nice. Uh, also, I just, I, I want to point out that in the, the flashback story, there was totally nose cone. He's a technobot. I like him. <laughs> He's kind of being a jerk though. <laughs> but, uh, also he is a boring vehicle. <laughs> well, I think science can be exciting. You don't need to. No, I mean a vehicle that bores into the ground for research. <laughs> yeah. It's a good mode for someone who's a scientist. Not like a plane. Like you. I'm Um, saying you suck. (laughs) Yes, he's being a functionist jerk. So, but, but I always appreciate people remembering the technobots exist. Uh, So yeah, there's more of, uh, Prime and President Michelle Obama. Uh, there's, I, I like- Whose dad was a civil rights leader, apparently now. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I appreciate that that Rummage is carrying Retgar's head around. <laughs> just... Oh yeah, the caption on that was pretty good. Um, where is it? Yes, Rummage leader junkie on Retgar head junkie on, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just you know complaining. <laughs> he's just whining, and and yeah, there's you know interesting Pyromagna stuff. She fusses at Thundercracker for playing with his dog. And supposedly she sounds like Liz Taylor. Yes. Which She's been working on her human I, talk. My brain had to adjust to that, but it kind of works. Yes. Uh, 
though though just one one quibble linux is not a language it is an operating system admittedly you kind of have to learn a lot of stuff to perform functions in the operating system so i suppose i could allow that a pass uh but but yes I guess no, no. you could say learning so, bash. Yes, there you go. Um, sure. Also, I, I did appreciate that Optimus and President Michelle Obama having a conversation featured one of my favorite features when it comes up. Creative blocking so you can see both of these characters even though there's a huge scale difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was I was going to ask if it was Optimus not wearing a mask, but <laughs> but yes, there's that too. Uh, but yeah, when, when they're talking later, he's got his mask on again. So. <laughs> there is some of him without a mask, and it's always scary. I don't understand it. Yeah, it is good. Uh, also, I really like You clearly like the... don't have a nose that big under there, Optimus. <laughs> it's, it's like Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. Like how he had to to go and make up a superhero who didn't have a nose, so that he could just continue <laughs> drawing masks without noses. <laughs> because he was clearly not drawing Spider-Man with a nose. He just he drew Spider-Man's head the same shape that he ended up drawing Spawn's head. And that's he has a nose. Peter Parker has a nose. Anyway. <laughs> And I really like the stuff going on with with Euler and Slide because, as I've mentioned, I like interpersonal relationships. That's adorable and sad. It's sad. It's adorable because they're small. Mm. It's adorable because they're micromasters. Well, but they're not as small in this series as they used to be. They're just kind of slightly yeah. short. Yeah, that's fair. They're very cute, though. I, I love how much Spawn is just legally distinct from Spider-Man from an artistic standpoint. Yeah, yeah. He's got the the cape that's not made of webbing. It's all filled in, but it's all tattered. And and, and the yeah. chains that totally aren't webbing. Yes, and and he had to make him not have a nose because that's he just doesn't draw the nose. <laughs> These are the things you notice when you work at a, a used bookstore going through the old comics all the time. <laughs> notice that Todd McFarlane drew Spider-Man without a nose. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I like, I do want to see, you know, more stuff with the, uh, I can't remember the name of that planet, but the ones where they're all paired because it's yeah. adorable. They're great. They're the best. Uh, and yeah, there's more of them putting together. I, I like that it's little Cybertron uh, on Bikini Atoll, uh, and yeah, it's it's an issue. It's a good issue. I'm really weirded out by the way the in the past B story seems to be continuing. Yeah, yeah like tell me your thoughts it, on that. It does seem superfluous in this issue, like. It, it doesn't do anything. It seemed superfluous, and it seemed like it came to a satisfying conclusion last issue. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I, I feel like... I mean, maybe this is just, you know, something they want to do going forward. I figured that was just... Yeah, I figured that was just something going on with that storyline. Uh, but I guess it is continuing into the, the next collection. Uh so yeah, that's and, you know where it's leading. It's leading into Prowl as an asshole. All roads lead to Prowl as an asshole. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if it's leading to Jetfire showing up in the present in some way, or if well, it's but, just. Well, he, he is, is in, in the present. present. He just wasn't in this issue. Like he's there on the the Metroplex, or has been. Oh right. He's just been so backgrounded. Yeah, like so it's it especially can't even weird. be that. Yeah. <clears throat> There's no parallels because it's him in the past, but he's not in the present in this issue. It's weird. Although maybe he was trying to parallel him with the other characters, but it didn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. I I'm just glad that looking at the back page of this comic, um, there is no Transformers Funko Pop comic because we'd have to read that. <laughs> and, 
That is terrifying, but yeah, there, there really aren't Funko Pop Transformers quite not in their normal style. It'd be a mighty mug. Yeah. I I, I do also want to say just as an aside that whenever we get into these, you know, characters having moral talks about violence never being the answer, I'm just now in this day and age, it just makes me think about punching Nazis, and I'm reminded that sometimes violence is the answer. <laughs> sometimes. That's it. The end. That's my story. Punching Richard Spencer. But, uh, but yes, I'm very glad we don't have to... I don't want a Funko Transformer story. You. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll need to uh, look through this Hasbro Heroes source book, and I, I appreciate how it's got Soundwave's leg. The not oh. all the same scale gag is fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and a little itty bitty Baron Carzo, who's just kind of badly photoshopped in there. He is small. Uh, why the Funko stuff? Why? Uh- if if you forced me to read one of those, it would be the Judge Dread one. Uh, I hadn't even gotten to that yet. Oh my god. That's amazing. I don't know. The X-Files one could be crazy. If it's done right. But the Judge Dread one, you don't have to look at their horrifying black eyes. Well, this looks like... This, <laughs> okay, that is an advantage. This looks like it's just a variant cover. I guess five special one-shot issues, and then they yeah, one-shots. will have... Variant covers on other titles. So that's, uh, that is definitely a thing. It's not the weirdest Ninja Turtles comic ever, I'm sure. But, no. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles have crossed over with Batman. Yeah. That's it was good! Really <laughs> I know! I've heard, like, just like the Ninja Turtles and Batman hanging out in Crime Alley being sad. <laughs> I, I can imagine it can work, but it's such a weird concept. Well, don't think about the Ninja Turtles and Batman angsting in Crime Alley. Think of Michelangelo and Batman angsting <laughs> in Crime Alley. <laughs> Wait, Heavy. Oh, it was Michelangelo, not Raphael? What? Wait, no, it was Raphael. I get those two okay. sometimes. Okay, I was going to say, it's like, if it's Mikey, that would be really weird. That's a, that's a totally Sorry, yeah, different Raph. story. That is a totally different story. Uh, so yeah, I think that is enough news for this week. Uh, so, you know if we have anything next week? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure stuff will come up. I don't know if it's coming. Because I never check because I don't prepare for things ever. I should always have this pulled up. I should have this pulled up. Uh, I mean. Back to the future. Back to the future. Biff to the future. Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. Donald Duck. Uh, G.I. Joe. The aforementioned Judge Dredd Funko Pop comic. I know I shouldn't laugh about Donald Duck because I realize it's actually probably like old uh, Carl Banks stuff that's Barks. like amazing artistic accomplishments and stuff. But anyway, go on. No, it's new. Oh, okay. Well. Oh, that's weirder than we don't care. Unless it's a tie into the new DuckTales. Mask, Micronauts, Wrath of Karza, Revolutionaries, Rom, Star Trek Waypoint. Ooh, Last Light number six. Ooh. Okay, so we'll maybe do one next week. And Tell All Our One number ten. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, and next week we get a combiner episode of uh, Robots in Disguise. Oh, right. They accidentally turned into a combiner, didn't they? <laughs> Oops. They accidentally a combiner? Well, it's, it's a stunticon couple, so whatever. <gasps> hey! Knockout and Breakdown's baby. Or, oh yeah, who doesn't really seem personality-wise right? I, I suppose. But yes, so yeah, so we will be back next week, I guess, with lots of feels and some heavy feels. Uh, so until then, uh, this has been Jen and Alex and David. Good night.
Iacon Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.